The following is a presentation from the Recycling Council of Alberta's 2020 webinar series with this episode on chemical recycling. The RCA would like to thank our supporters for making this webinar possible, including Platinum Sponsor, the Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation. In this segment, we hear from Martin Stefal, the Deputy CEO of Carbios. Based in France, Carbios is the first and only company in the world to develop biological processes for the end of life of plastics, with the potential to engage the entire industry in a truly circular economy. The company is now moving to industrialization with two disruptive innovations, one of which is a process to infinitely recycle PET without any quality loss, opening the possibility to create a virtuous circular economy scheme. Thank you. I hope everybody can uh, hear me. Uh, thank you for the Recycling Council of Alberta to have invited a French cousin. Uh, we are located in Clermont-Ferrand and I'm speaking to you today or tonight from, um, according to my time zone, from Clermont-Ferrand. So let's move to uh, my presentation. So indeed, Carbios is the first and only company in the world to develop biological processes for the end of life of plastics. That's really what we do. Few numbers you probably all know, uh, you know, Paola mentioned that, uh, Jocelyn as well. Um, plastics uh, are not a problem, uh, plastic waste is a problem. So we have uh, developed a lot of applications for plastics, but we have not developed enough processes and technologies to take care of plastic waste. And that's, that's the problem, uh, because those wastes are polluting the environment, it's not acceptable. So nobody accepts that anymore. Uh, neither the consumers, nor the citizens, uh, the NGOs, the governments. Um, so our ambition is really to lead a transition towards sustainable plastics economy by developing technologies for the end of life of plastics. And uh, for that, we have a revolutionary enzyme for infinite recycling and biodegradation. Um, so where are we today? So we have uh, so far two technologies which are coming to the market. The first one is a technology which makes PLA, which is uh, polylactic acid, fully biodegradable in normal conditions, in natural conditions. And the other technology is infinite recycling of PET. So as you have mentioned, it's the two technologies are focusing on polyester today, PLA and PET. But as I said at the beginning of my talk, uh, we have the ambition to develop technologies for the end of life of plastics, not only polyesters, but that's the two technologies we are bringing to the market. So a few uh, words on the management team in Carbios. We have more than 100 years of cumulative experience in the chemical and biochemical industry. Paula mentioned this uh, Bloomberg new uh, energy finance report, which was issued uh, first last uh, first quarter this year, I think. Uh, and indeed, the, the polyester industry facing a major change because the, the sales to capacity ratio of the recycled polyester, recycled PET, is, is uh, really imbalanced. Uh, Bloomberg NEF, they have estimated the capacity shortage in this market despite uh, the new technologies coming on the market by a few million tons capacity by 2030. That's their own estimation. So it's, we are talking about big numbers there. 
even Paula um, said that only 6% of the overall US and Canadian plastics demand was covered today. Uh, but if you do that uh, worldwide, you still have a lot, million tons of capacity shortage. Regulatory pressure also is, is coming mostly from Europe, I must admit, as often uh, Europe is, uh, is leading, is paving the way. So you have different directives. Uh, you have the strategy for plastic, the circular economy package, the single-use plastics directive, all those directives which are quasi-laws are coming and will be enforced soon. And you have also on the bottom part of the chart some uh, national laws uh, coming. And it's the same, uh, let's say, initiatives. It's really to stimulate uh, the emergence of new technologies, a new supply chain um, to create a circular economy in Europe. But not only uh, re regulatory pressure, you have also pressure from brand owners. Um, they have responded to uh, a lot of pressures coming from NGOs and consumers. So they're committed. They have made pledges, and also Paola mentioned that, to use more and more recycled material in their packaging. And uh, I don't want to mention all of them, but um, here you will find some of our partners like L'Oreal, PepsiCo, Nestle Waters, and Suntory. But you have others like you know Unilever, H&M, and others who committed to use more and more recycled plastics in their packaging, often by 2025 or 2030, but uh, it's the same direction. So they will trigger um, behaviors such as uh, new you know, supply chain and new technologies will come to the market. So how does it work? Um, we have developed enzymes. So an enzyme is not a living organism, it's a big molecule made of amino acids. Uh, which triggers the reaction, the depolymerization reaction. So you remember the Lego bricks uh, Jocelyn mentioned. So that's made with a polymerization reaction. So instead of using microwave as Jocelyn and pyrowave, we use an enzyme to depolymerize, to break down the polymer into monomers. Uh, an enzyme being a living uh, uh, a bi biological tool it's done at, at low temperature and it's very selective. And the same technology is used for the, the PLA technology and for the PET technology. And that's the first time that it is brought to the market. Uh, we've been featured in Nature. Uh, our CSO co-authored an article which was published in April uh, this year in Nature. So we are very proud of that. It means that our technology has been peer-reviewed and validated. As PyroWave, we have been deemed also uh, an efficient solution for the environment by the Solar Impulse Foundation, and that's and we move forward. So, how does it work? Uh, moving from left to right. So, on the very first container on the left, you have Flex. Uh, it's normal uh, post-consumer Flex of PET. Often what we find in Europe, it's 95% purity, let's say. It's a different colors, so we don't really care for our technology. You can have there uh, transparent PET, but uh, also colored PET. You can have uh, multi-layers PET with a, a layer of polyamide in the middle. We don't really care because the enzyme is extremely selective and will depolymerize PET and PET only. So the depolymerization reaction will start. 
And at the end, you have a liquid, which uh, we, we extract. Uh, in the solid phase, uh, only what is not PET will remain. So what is uh, other polymers can be paper, can be uh, what is not uh, soluble in water, typically pigments will stay in the solid phase. And in the liquid phase, you have all the rest, which uh, we purify and we get first PTA, which is a white powder. It's purified terephthalic acid and MEG, monethylene glycol. That's the two monomers used to make PET. And the concept is that you re-inject those monomers into a polymerization plant and you get pellets of PET at the end. So it's a truly infinite circular economy process, which is important to, uh, to mention. So it's 100% yield. We can handle any kind of PET plastic. So as I said, clear, colored, opaque, multi-layer, but also fibers. Paula mentioned also fibers, you know, two thirds of the PET production goes to fibers. That's uh, polyester is by far the largest fiber used in, uh, in garments. Our reaction, this uh, biological reaction is not inhibited by colorants, pigments, uh, or any other polymer like uh, polyethylene, polyamide, PVC, which you can find in a PET waste stream. The reaction is made at low temperature, 70 degrees C, atmospheric pressure, and it is water-based. So it's low energy consumption. We don't degrade impurities at those temperatures. Typically, a chemical, let's say, a usual chemical recycling process will, uh, will run at 200, 200, a little bit more than 200 degrees C. At those temperatures, you can degrade impurities in a product you don't want to, to see in your final product. It's not really the, 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 what happens with our process because it's low temperature and uh, atmospheric pressure water-based. So it's, it's, it's very, it's really biological. So I mentioned briefly uh, our partners. So uh, together with L'Oréal, we created a consortium of brand owners to, to help us to accelerate the time to market of the technology. So we entered into an agreement, a four-year agreement in April 2019 um, with uh, Nestle Waters, PepsiCo and Suntory to really accelerate the technology's readiness of our technology and to demonstrate the technical, economical, and environmental efficiency of our, our technology. So why did they, did they agree to partner with us? Uh, because they need more recycled plastics to, uh, meet, to meet their commitments. Uh, and they know that with the current technologies for PET, it's mostly mechanical what exists. Huh? They won't be able to meet their targets. Uh, it's as simple as that, huh? because there is not enough uh, supply and, and uh, you know, typically with the mechanical recycling technology to make a transparent bottle, you need, you need a transparent bottle as an input, as a, as a feedstock. Whereas with our technology, any kind of PET feedstock is good enough to make a pure monomer, which is re-injected in a plant to, to be repolymerized again. Our model is to license our technology very likely to PT producers, but that's what we think today. We have decided not to become an enzyme producer, uh, mostly because we don't have the financial resources to do that. But uh, so we have partnered uh, with a, a large enzyme producer to scale up the production of our proprietary enzymes. So we will uh, license uh, the process to, uh, 
PET or PTA producer, and we will sell the enzyme, which is the catalyst to the reaction. So today, as I speak, we are piloting the process. We've done, uh, at the pilot level, we've done the first bottle produced with 100% post-consumer plastics using PTA and MEG. Uh, more news will come because we continue to demonstrate the process. As I said, we have not found any inhibitor to the reaction, so we are extremely confident. We think that 95% of the technological risk is behind us, and uh, we still have perhaps some scale-up risk, but uh, very low. Uh, we are building a demo plant uh, in the Clermont-Ferrand region, which will start up in September-October next year. The role of the demo plant will be really to demonstrate that the process can be scalable at large industrial scale. So we will generate process data during 12 to 18 months to be able to write what is called the PDP, a process design package, which will be the basic document which will um, help us to license the process to our first licenses. The goal is to, 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 to cut a license deal by the end of 2022 so that our first licensee will start up his own plant end of 2024, beginning of 2025. Thank you for listening to this 2020 webinar series podcast. Search for On the Cusp, Alberta's circular podcast on iTunes and the Google Podcast app for more podcasts from the RCA or visit recycle.ab.ca to see the full presentations.